This podcast is sponsored by FortuneFavors.ie. FortuneFavors.ie is a home workout equipment store and your one-stop shop for all home gym equipment. They are well known for their adjustable dumbbells, which combine 15 different weights in one dumbbell. They have both 24kg and 40kg adjustable dumbbells. Check the link in the bio of this episode for more information. Hello and you're all very welcome along to yet another episode of the GA Statsman podcast and I hope you're all keeping wonderfully well. My name is Matt Hurley and today's show previews the All-Ireland Football quarterfinals. Who would have known it? Like we're in we're still in the month of June and we're in the All Order quarterfinals. Absolutely incredible. And to come on the podcast and preview them with me is Dublin man Aaron Prendergast. Kind of fitting considering Carker playing Dublin at the weekend, six o'clock on Saturday. But of course that's not all the action we have in store. Derry against Clare is at 345 on Saturday. Galway against Armand 145 on Sunday. And four o'clock on Sunday is Mayo against Kerry. Of course, all them games are on Crow Park. And all them games will be across Sky Sports Arena and RT2. Definitely some great games to look forward to. And I'm looking forward to talking to Aaron about them in this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. So welcome back to the podcast. I am here with Aaron Prendergast from J Fan TV. Just to discuss this weekend's most much anticipated quarterfinals matchups. Like we have Derry and Clare on the Saturday. Dublin Cork or two counties involved on uh, the Saturday evening. Followed in by Armagh against Galway on the Sunday. And, of course, Kerry against Mayo, which proves to be a classic down through the years. But seeing as Mayo are in bad form, a small bit, though, maybe Kerry will whitewash them. But I'm hearing Kerry have a few injuries, so that should be an interesting game as well. I suppose, first of all, Aaron, uh, how are you keeping at the moment? Like, are you nervous about Saturday evening? Or um, are you confident Dublin will do the job? Yeah, no, like sleep, sleepless nights, just waiting for uh, waiting for the rebels to to come to town. Maybe maybe you'll do us over a bit, like a bit like twenty ten when we all felt like that was the that was the year we we were finally going to end uh, an all Ireland way. But no, doing good, doing good. Um, really looking forward to the to the games this weekend. I mean, you have as I was saying to you off air, like four very very good games, like three games I think are going to be very competitive. I think Dublin and Cork. Was you would anticipate the Dublin will probably pull away late on. Do you know, like the Kerry Cork game was fairly competitive for what 30 40 minutes. So, um, and I think a lot of people would probably perceive Kerry as a better team than Dublin at the minute. So, there is, you know, there, there you might think that it might, you know, that might live up to, and I still think it's going to be a good game. Like, it's not going to be like a, a Leinster Championship game or anything like that where Dublin just blitz the team, win by 15 20 points. I do think it's still going to be an entertaining game and there's still going to be a lot of talking points. That will come out of it, and then yeah, same for the other three games. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be very interesting to to keep an eye and on those games. And as I was saying to you, you're going to be at the the Dublin Cork game, and I think I might go to the Clare Derry game. I'm nearly more excited for that game to be honest, because I think whilst it mightn't be you know free flowing spectacle of football, I think it's going to be very very interesting and. You know, like a lot on the line for both those two counties, because you know it's been a long time since either one of them were in an All Ireland semi final. Yeah, definitely. So definitely looking forward to actually going to the games as well. Spending the week up in Dublin will be brilliant. I know Cork are a huge underdogs going into the games, but at the same time, uh, I will say it in this podcast, no, I'm actually going to the both the double headers. So should be a very good weekend of football indeed. And we'll start off with the first game chronologically. 
Derry against Clare. It's on at 3.45 on Saturday in Crow Park, obviously live at Sky Sports Arena. Like most people would think Derry after winning the Ulster Championship would win this game, but most people seem to forget as well. Clare, they beat Ross Common, who finished ahead of Derry in Division 2. Like this should be a very good game. And considering Clare haven't reached an all earnest semi-final since 1992, Derry since 2004, this is a huge opportunity for one of these sides to make the last four. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge game for, for, for both counties. And I suppose it's it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because like, I think it's an awkward game for, for Derry in some ways because you see the way Derry play, play throughout the, the three games in Ulster. It was, you know, Jim McGuinness 2.0. It was very defensive. And, you know, they were very reliant on times when you'd have Brendan Rodgers burst on forward and Garrett McKinless, Chrissy McCaig. Like, a lot of their, you know, it was almost reverse psychology. Like, a lot of their... We, you know, a lot of their defenders picking up, you know, opposing forwards, but it's actually the forwards who've been doing the marking more so than the defenders. Like, I think we all seen that clip of Michael Murphy chasing after uh, Brendan Rodgers in the in, in, in the Ulster final and Rodgers was just too quick for him. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because I think, you know, if Derry were playing in Mayo, you could see, you could see Mayo just falling into Derry's trap. Um, if they're even if they were play, well, obviously they couldn't play Dublin, but um, you know, let's say they were playing a um, you know, an Armagh, say for example, again Armagh would come out and attack them and run at them and and try and sort of get in behind them, and Derry would be very low low block defensive. Whereas with Clare, like I, I could see them mirroring Derry a little bit because at the same time, you know, like Derry are going to be the favourites here. They're going to be the team that you know are, are are supposed to be in front. They're supposed to be the team that's going to be dominating the game because on paper they're the Ulster champions they've beaten Tyrone Donegal and um and, and Monaghan as well so that's why I think it could be a bit of a dangerous game for them because when you've seen how Clare set up against Ross Common it wasn't like the same as as Derry as such like it wasn't as defensive but they were they, they you know they, they were they were sort of forcing Ross Common to kick sort of outside scoring zones and blocking off space for for goal opportunities um and I think they'll do the same against Derry as well. That's why I think this might be low scoring and it mightn't be like the best watch in terms of it being a, a spectacle. It could easily be wrong on that. Um, but I think it's going to be an awkward game for Derry. I really do. I would still expect them to pull through, but I do think this is a bit of a risky one because also as well, like there's a lot, like there's a lot of pressure on them here and there's no pressure on Clare. And for a team that's never been in this situation before, to be in, in under this kind of pressure is it's going to be interesting. I know they came through Ulster, but at the same time in the Ulster final, like there were there was a little bits of pressure, but it wasn't. I don't think it's as much pressure in this. Whereas, like, say if they were to lose this, you know, like their their Ulster their Ulster championship will still go down in history, but they'll definitely look back on it with a huge missed opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Look, um, what reminds me about uh, in regards to Derry a bit was Monaghan reaching the order of the quarterfinals in 2013. I know they were reaching the quarterfinals playing against a much tougher test than Tyrone, which uh, Sean Kavanaugh, all the players, Mickey Hart still in charge there. But it kind of mirrors that, like Derry off the back of a historic Ulster Championship, obviously, going to a quarterfinal as favourites to win the game. And maybe a team like Clare can catch them on the hop. Like the game against Ross Common, maybe was smash and grab at the eight. But you look at Clare's talent, Keenan Sexton is back to full fitness, though. Owen Cleary, Emmett McMahon, Aaron Griffin would be back up to full form as well. Carl O'Connor in the middle of the field as well. And Colin Collins, arguably, is one of the best managers. Like we were talking about GF Fan TV as well. It's kind of a battle of the best managers in Ireland between Rory Gallagher and Colin Collins. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I think so. Like, I think when you when you look at where they've brought Beauclair and and Derry, like Derry were Division Four side, you know, three three years ago. Clare were a Division Four side when Colm Collins took over. So I think like they've both set the the template for for how to be successful. I and mean, you probably would say that Rory Gallagher's inherited a very good squad of very good players, but he's put all the pieces together. He's got you know there's obviously been lots of club rivalries in in Derry and and players who didn't want to play and didn't want to opt in for the county and he's really changed that so yeah that's why I think like tactically it's going to be very very interesting and you know you're looking at that midfield battle as well you know Connor Glass maybe going up against you know I think Cahill O'Connor is very underrated as well I thought he was very good against Ross Common very physical player won a lot of ball and like at times as well like when Clare you know, when they win the ball back, when they turn Ross Common over sort of in in their halfback line or in, in Clare's halfback line, Ross Common's half-forward line, like they break through the middle and you've seen Cahill O'Connor do that as well, you know, on numerous occasions. And then he'd sort of offload it on into, into Sexton or own Cleary and they'd work it up the pitch. But that's going to be interesting as well, like, because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a different test for Connor Glass um, around the middle, Emmett Bradley, if he starts as well. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be intriguing. I mean, I don't think you can sleep on Derry at the same time though, because they have beaten Donegal, Tyrone, and Monaghan. Like if if Tyrone came through Ulster, you know they'd be huge, huge favourites for this one, and and people would be looking at this as probably a comfortable win for Tyrone. But you know, because we there's still a lot of unknowns about Derry, we're not hundred percent sure yet. But I would still look at it and think, you know, it, it should. There there is the possibility that. Derry pull away, but I do think at the same time it, it's going to be a very competitive game. And you talk about uh, the way this game could be a bit low scoring. Like Derry have arguably had the best defenders and goalkeeper in the championship so far. Orn Lynch has been excellent. Chris McKeague, a guest of my podcast, of course, has been unbelievable as captain. Brendan Rodgers scored three points in the Ulster final. Garth McKidless has been absolutely outstanding. Like, would this be a big test for Derry defenders in Crow Park? Like, Croke Park pitch now will be wider than the likes of Clawless already pitch up at Ulster. So do you think that'll make a difference to the Derry defence? Is that an interesting aspect to look at? Yeah, it could be. I mean, the fact that Clare have, have been in Crow Park, you know, won a game, beat Ross Common, it definitely definitely could stand to them. Like, they'll be a little bit more familiar with the surroundings than probably the, the Derry lads. Um, and I suppose for, for Rory Gallagher, it's a, it is different than Crow Park, definitely. Like, even when you go to different stadiums, you can see... You know, like there's a different aura about Crow Park when you're looking up at the stands and, and everything. It's just such an intimidating stadium in, in many respects. So um it could it could certainly be an issue. I mean, in terms of the players they're going up against, obviously, you know, Claire probably wouldn't have the same level of forwards as I say a, a Tyrone or even a Donegal, a Monaghan as well. Um, you know, but what but Claire do still have great forwards as well, though. And and, and the difference probably is is that Claire's forwards have been in form this year. You know, Keelan Sexton's been unbelievable. He scored two six the last day. Owen Cleary's been 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 brilliant for Clare and he's been brilliant the last couple of years. Um, whereas like Donegal, like Paddy McBrady probably wasn't in great form. They were very over reliant on on Michael Murphy. And I just think as well, like there he were able to they were able to draw Tyrone, Monaghan, Donegal sort of into their into their own trap a little bit. Donegal mirrored Derry very similarly and nearly beat them. And that's why I think you'll see Claire do something similar because like, it just wouldn't make sense for me for Derry to, to, to have so much men behind the ball 
and invite Claire way too much on them. And, and I don't think Claire will fall into the trap either. So that's why I think, you know, this could definitely be a bit of cat and mouse, I think, between the two. It could definitely. And uh, I suppose, like, regardless of the result for Claire, like the hurlers obviously won last week, they're in an all order semi final, could be Kilkenny again to an all order final. But you look at their performance of the footballers and the hurlers with their resources in Clare compared to the likes of Cork and Dublin and Galway to an extent as well in Tipperary. Are Clare the best dual county in the country? Like I've seen a lot of um, people say this on Twitter and I, I'm inclined to agree with them considering the resources they have. Colin Collins is a well astute coach and they seem to be performing in you know in the All Ireland nearly every year now, not just this year. Yeah, I think I, th- I think so. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, the obvious teams you'd look at as great dual counties would usually be Dublin, Cork, Galway, but that's because they're much larger populations, much bigger resources, and they're able to put a lot of money into into both of into both codes as opposed to as opposed to other counties. But in fairness, you know, Clare, when when you look at them, they definitely do have a lot less resources like uh, i suppose limerick are a very good dual county i think as well to be fair when you look at how they've progressed but again you could argue the case that they've a lot more resources to them than than clear so um and clear outperforming those, those counties as well so um yeah i think you would have to say so and, and i remember it was only like last year when there was a lot of issues with the clare county board and issues behind the scenes and like i don't think all those issues have been resolved and i don't know the, the whole scenario there but the fact that like they've been able to to come out is like I remember even like last year when I think it was the Clare miners were absolutely hammered by Cork and everyone was so worried about Clare and they just come on leaps and bounds. They really really have uh, maybe their underage isn't perfect right now, but and and maybe some of that talent and hurling might dry up over the next couple of years. But at the same time, they are producing and you know at the moment it's. It's a great, great time to be a Clare fan because even going into this, you know, there was a chance maybe that Clare got Kerry and then, you know, it would have been, oh, it was a great journey, but I don't think we're going to win this one. Whereas this time they're probably like, well, we we could just have a chance here. Absolutely. And even like the underage, you're definitely right. It hasn't been up to scratch over the last few years, but I'm just wondering how they produce brilliant players like Emmett Mahan coming through the ranks, Daniel Walsh, yeah. all these players, and Gary Brennan leaving, Gordon, Gordon Kelly leaving, David Toberley coming to the end, and Clare still bring these players through the conveyor belt. It's absolutely outstanding from Clare and needs to be applauded. But um, for this game, you back Derry? Yeah, I would, I would, I would back Derry just to just to narrowly come through. I, I do think they have the much better players, you know, especially when you are looking at that, you know, for like Shane McGuigan, I think in Crow Park could could have a really really big game. Obviously, it's the first time you've got Connor Glass playing in in um in, in Crow Park as well. Do you know, like they have a lot of very good players like Niall Lachlan. I could see. I just think like with Clare's defence, there is still vulnerabilities there. Like you know, Russ Common still kicked one seventeen. Limerick obviously kicked two sixteen against them. Like they've they've been kicking up big big numbers against this Clare side, and um I could still see Derry doing damage, but. At the same time, I do expect Derry to be a little bit nervy at times, and I think that might allow Clare to, to stay in the game. But I would fancy Derry just an hourly come through, maybe by three or four points. Yeah, I'd probably go the same, probably about uh, three or four points, maybe even more. Like Derry are an outstanding side, but Clare will definitely put it up to him. Should be a very interesting game then. The next game is the big one Dublin against Cork, live at Sky Sports Arena at six o'clock. 
Most Dublin fans wouldn't have been happy with the draw. To be honest, most Cork fans wouldn't have been happy with the draw either. No one did play on a Saturday evening in Grove Park with the tickets and um, ticket prices, the hotel prices, and everything for Cork fans. But at the same time, like it is a game between the capital and the biggest um, county by area. It's always it's always an interesting encounter. Yeah, no, I suppose Cork Cork fans and Cork people are always very quick to remind the stubs that I suppose Cork technically or geographically is uh is 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 a small bit bigger. But yeah, no, look, I'm I'm excited for the game. I think as you said there, it's probably not the biggest or probably not the the draw that either side probably would have wanted. I think with the fact that Kerry have, have gotten Mayo as a Dublin perspective, I think it's you know, but I was thinking at the same time, like I, I do think I do think it's gonna be I do think it, I do think Cork will put it up to Dublin though at the same time because like when Dublin played, you know, both kill both Mead and and Kildare, like Mead and Kildare, they're quite lightweight. They didn't put it up to the Dubs. They didn't like, you know, def- there was no organ organization defensively. It was just go out, attack them, and sure we have the better players, we'll beat them, and that's just not the case. Dublin just blew both Kildare and Mead away. Obviously, same against Wexford as well. Like I think when you look at Cork, especially since John Cleary's come in, there does seem to be a bit more solidity around uh, around their defense um and even against Kerry as well although that was in Parky Rin which is going to be you know a much smaller pitch and it's obviously a ground that Kerry are familiar with whereas Dublin and Crow Park are going to be very familiar with Crow Park as we very well know but you know they 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 stayed in that game for for large parts um and I think it's going to be interesting to see you know what damage Stephen Sherlock could do as well because it I think you know him and Crow Park. You could see him scoring some brilliant points. Um, but I think all in all, like with Dublin's talent levels, you would expect them to to pull away. And this is a complete step up to to what Cork. You know, Cork obviously played Kerry this year, but I don't think Kerry were at their best. They still have another level to go up on. It was the first game. Um, you know they've obviously come through about Limerick and and Loud, who you know was was ideal draws for Cork really because it was the two teams coming up from. Division three. So like it's great that Cork are in the quarterfinals, but I do think when you look at that, you know, I suppose those six fours that Dublin have and you know, Connor Callahan, Costello, you know, um Kieran Kilkenny sort of in behind doing all the legwork. I just think it's gonna to be too too hot for Cork to handle. And I could see Dublin in the end pulling away quite comfortably towards the end. Yeah, it kind of has the feel to that, doesn't it? Like you mentioned, Conor Callan, they're two thirteen overall, two twelve from play. Like I'm just wondering, as a Corkman, who is going to go on him? I think the obvious candidate is probably Sean Potter because he's marked so many uh, good players in the past. He's like a terrier. He's like a, a dog chasing after bone with uh, in the defensive line. He's absolutely brilliant at that. Mm. But at the same time, does that take the act- attacking elements out of Sean Potter if he's going to be on Conor Callan all game? Yeah, and like Sean Power is a very, very good defender. I could see him putting a good job in on, on Conor Callahan because let's not forget Con didn't play through the league and you know Kildare and Mead were non-existent defensively. So Con probably hasn't got a, a a real test sort of this year, you know, especially the fact he hasn't played in the league. So but yeah, as you said there, it probably does take the attacking element away. And again, like it's it's probably one of them where Cork are probably gonna have to play with a sweeper or you know, be quite zonal at the back. You know, I don't think they'll be going man to man or anything like that. I think they'll be they'll have a lot of bodies sort of in front of in front of their own goal. Um, so whilst Sean might be picking Con up, I don't think he'd be sort of you know man to man on him as, as such because 
you're like if you if you if you focus too much on Khan, it's a bit like Kerry. Like if you focus too much on Clifford, you you you're losing the the other players that are on the team. Like Costello, you know, he kicked two one the last day against Kildare. A perfect example is that was when that shot hits the post and he's ball falls right in front of him. Like you can't be too much worried on some of the other players. And you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Kilkenny because I think he's sort of like if you can stop him doing like all that sort of legwork in the half forward line, you know, like this the support play and all the rest. You know, you go away to to stop the Dublin. Like if you can if you can put the brakes on Kilkenny, I think you can put the the stop to Dublin. But realistically I don't see Cork being that team, to be honest. So um so yeah, and that's why like it's as a Dublin fan, I do look, I hope I hope it is it is a test, but at the same time I obviously don't want uh Cork to win, but um, I suppose we'll see. Well, definitely CRE. So I was actually seeing uh, the match program I got from uh, the 2019 Super Eight. It was actually very interesting. When you look at the top of defence, the seven defensive players, Cluxton's out of there, Philip McMahon's out of there, Keanu mm. Sullivan, obviously, Jack McCaffrey. But when you look at the Cork team, only three survivors, Brian Hurley, yeah. Matty Taylor, and Ian McGuire. Like, the turnover is absolutely ridiculous. And most of these car players, I've mentioned so many times in your podcast, they haven't played in Crow Park. Do you think that's a challenge they'll relish? Or do you think they'll be, they'll be kind of uh, starstruck over that? Yeah, I think it depends, really. I think the, f- the first 15 to 20 minutes, I think, are going to be crucial. Because I think if Dublin come out flying and go kick two, let's say they kick two, let's say it's a bit like two, three to a point after 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you could see the heads drop and... You know, like it's it's one of them things as well. Like everyone has a plan until they until they get punched in the face, and like you can you you you've seen that a lot of the times in Gaelic football, where maybe a team will set up defensively and try and frustrate a side. And we've seen this on perfect examples when teams have played Dublin, like Monaghan have tried this on numerous occasions, and then we'll just blow them away in the first half an hour, and then it, it's it's almost like it's game over. Like that's kind of the knockout blow, you know. So I think the first twenty minutes to half an hour is going to be crucial for Cork. I think. Like the most important thing for them is just to like from what I've seen teams play Dublin and even Cork in 2019 is you know like don't be like for, for Cork lads they can't be afraid to throw themselves into heavy challenges to put blocks in to you know get tackles in to to be physical and to be in the face of of Dublin because like you've seen in the Kildare game like Kildare just stood off Dublin time and time again and it was far too easy and it looked like it was men against boys so. I think the most important thing for Cork is just to to let Dublin know that Dublin might win the game, but that they're there to fight and they're there to, to give the spirit and determination. And I think that that's that's the most you can expect from them, really. Yeah, I suppose so. And um, I was actually looking at a stat um, from the, the Cork team selection. Since since the Dawn game, Cork have only used 19 different starters. Now, I, I know it's something small, but at the same time, there's consistency in the team. You know, the half-back line's been the same. Most of the team's been the same. The full-forward line's been the same. with you know, Manny, Hurley and Sherlock. We know what Cork team's going to play. Like, in the past, like in the past few years, under like Pat Healy and Roland McCarthy, I couldn't really predict the team. I could get within maybe 10, 9 players or something like that. But now we know 14 are definitely going to start. Maybe there's one position that could be changed. But... That has to be big for an underdog as well to have that um, consistency in the team selection. Yeah, it is big because obviously they'll know each other. They'll know which way they're they're going to play. And as I was saying to you on my podcast maybe a couple of weeks ago, I think 
funnily enough, like them being in a, they obviously didn't want to be in a division two relegation battle, but I think it stood to them because they have to, they had to dig it out towards the end. Like realistically, they've been, their championship started really when, when, when it came to that down game, really, because they needed to win that. They then needed to go and, and be awfully to, to stay up. And then, you know, it was into the championship. Then obviously the qualifiers as well. So they've sort of had five very meaningful games and, you know, they've dug out four wins from those five. So it definitely will stand to them. But I think at the same time though, like Dublin will, pro- will, will Desi Farrell will have known very much from looking at the Cork team, who who's going to play, like who's not going to play, Do you know, like I'm sure they're going to come up with a plan for, for Stephen Sherlock you know, like John O'Rourke or Brian Hurley as well. So, like, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, all right. Um, but look, I think the the I suppose the fact that Cork have have, have had re- a regular team over the past couple of weeks might stand to them. But I think at the same time, you know, it's also gonna make Dublin's job a little bit easier because they're probably gonna know their matchups and who to who to predict's gonna play for Cork. Obviously, you know, in, in training and in build up to the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're categorically saying Dublin will win the game, despite me being a Cork man. You know, I'm just happy that Cork are in Crow Park and all that. But the question I'll ask you, the last question about this game, what do you think Dublin would have learned about this game? Because what they'd learn mm. before a potential game against Kerry in the semi-final, don't discard Mayo now. I know Mayo fans will be crying <sighs> in comment sections or whatever. But um, what, Dub- what will Dublin learn from this game, if anything? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one to know. I mean, like... I was kind of thinking early, like it'd be interesting to see maybe who would, because I think Stephen Sherlock, I know like Kildare have got a very, you know, they've got a, a great bunch of forwards in, in um, Jimmy Hyland and in Derek here, one Daniel Flynn. And you've seen at times they don't, you know, they, they struggled against the Dublin defence, but it'd be interesting to see who picks up Sherlock. Like, you know, like, I mean, if you're looking at the, at the, the team sheets from the last day, it'd probably be Lee Gannon who'd pick him up. Now I don't think they would put Lee Gannon on him because you know, like maybe McFitz would go in there or, you know, maybe John Small or someone like that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which way they do it, but I think that's maybe a, a learning point. That could be a, an interesting battle. All right. Because I do think that would be a, that would be a test. Um, and again, probably won't learn like a whole lot really. Like, I think it just depends really on the, on the way that the game sort of, on the way that the game pans out. Like, I guess, you know, you'd imagine the Cork, from what I've seen, obviously they didn't play too much like this against Limerick and Loud because Limerick and Loud were more so the defensive sides. But you'd imagine, like I, I imagine so that Cork are going to play like they did against Kerry, and they are going to keep a lot of men behind the ball and try and sort of keep keep Kerry at arm's length. And you know that'll be something different to what Dublin have faced this year. But again, you know Dublin could run straight through them and, and just have too much for them and be too hot for them. So it really does depend on on how the game goes, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully Cork will put up a challenge anyway for both our sakes, for both Dublin and Cork. But uh, the next game on Sunday, I'm really excited about this game. And most people are, to be honest with you. Galway against Armagh, 145 on RT2. Now, like a lot of people are saying Armagh will win this game because of their form. And rightly so, their form against Tyrone and their form against Donegal has been outstanding. But when you look at Galway, the only team they've lost to this year is Roscommon. Like people mm. seem to forget that they've won Connacht. They've been absolutely outstanding scoring wise. Shane Walsh has been brilliant. Patrick Kelly scored three goals in the championship. This game has all the signs to be a cracker. 
Yeah, like I like a lot of people are sleeping on Galway really, and I think maybe because there's just a lot of hype around Armagh after that Donegal win, after they, you know, put in a obviously a big win, and you know Armagh huge football and county, and you know see the way the fans were on social media and obviously at the game as well. Like it was it was basically like watching an Armagh home game against Donegal. It would look like it was 90, 95% Armagh fans. So, you know, they're they're most likely going to pack this stadium with their fans as opposed to as opposed to Galway fans. Um, but as you said, yeah, like I think I think a lot of people probably are sleeping on the on, on the quality of Galway. Like, yes, they, you know, Mayo were obviously a much changed team, did a lot of injuries, did no Henley, um, did no Oshin Mullen that day, did a lot of missing players when when Galway played them, and Mayo nearly came back and beat them and like it's a strange one with Galway because they've had they've had moments in games where they've looked very very good. Like the first half against Ross Common was one of you know probably one of the best sort of you know flows of football I've seen from them under Porrick Joyce. Like Shane Walsh was unbelievable. His goal was incredible. Uh, he obviously kicks one six and like Damian Comer is a huge addition. Obviously back into the side from from his injuries. He's a great outlet for the direct ball in there. And Rob Robert Finnerty has been excellent as well. And then midfields like Killy McDade, Paul Conroy. I mean, Conroy's been in unbelievable form. So um, yeah, I, I think people are definitely sort of underestimating Galway quite a bit. You know, like I do think because they haven't again, it, it this is what makes this game so fascinating because it's two teams that are very sort of a bit like Clare and Derry, where they're sort of like the up and coming teams, and they're two teams that are you know, have never played, haven't played in Crow Park so often. Galway Armagh is quite similar as well, like maybe at a different level, but it's two teams that we've all sort of discussed in the last two, three years that, um, you know, maybe Galway might be dark horses for an All-Ireland, maybe Armagh might be dark horses. Um, and here we go, like there's going to be an opportunity for one of these to get to a get to an All-Ireland semi-final. So, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, when you look at how both teams play, it's 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 po it looks set to probably be maybe a straight shootout and maybe probably one of the games of the year, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Now Galway haven't reached an order semi-final, of course, since 2018, but that was maybe a flash of the pan that year. They probably should have got to more semi-finals other than that. Armagh haven't reached the semi-finals since 2005. So not on the scale really of Derry and Clare with it in terms of the last time they reached the semi-final, but at the same time. It's going to be huge for either of these counties to reach the semi-final. And they will play the winners of the Derry Clare game, interestingly enough. So, like, there could be an All-Ireland final there if one of these sides win the game. Yeah, and, and from a lot of people I've spoke to, like, they, they, a lot of them all believe that whoever probably comes through this game could, could go on to, to reach the final, really. Like, and you think of, you just think of the momentum it would it would give. Like, I think if, De, like if Derry beat Clare, obviously it gives them a lot of momentum, but it's not it's not beating one of the... I know they've beaten, obviously, Donegal, Tyrone and Monaghan already, so they have some big wins sort of under their belt, but, John, you know, just the momentum that either side is going to carry here and the confidence it's it's going to give them because, as well, like, let's not forget, Derry, you know, scraped through Donegal, but Armagh absolutely tore them to shreds and, and, and beat them out the gate, really, after, you know, obviously they get the early goal and then... Donegal of a resurgence after that, but you like it's just going to be very, very entertaining. Like it's a hard, it, like it's hard, it's a very hard game to call. To be honest, I think it's going to be like unless we get a disappointment and and you know both sides are cagey and nervy, maybe would have been such a big game. But like I think if both teams come to the come to the you know to the to the floor here for this one, I think it's just going to be a very, very entertaining game. Like Rian O'Neill and Crow Park as well. 
obviously played there against the Dubs in, in the league, but generally hasn't been there too often. Shane Walsh hasn't been there too often either, other than, you know, league finals, maybe that All-Ireland semi-final as well that you mentioned. So there's a lot of a lot of moving parts. Um, and yeah, I'm just very, very excited for it. Yeah, really exciting game to look forward to. And a lot of talk for Galway has been about Damien Cormer's influence. He's actually only scored four points in this championship. Like the midfielders, Conroy and McDade, have been absolutely outstanding. 11 points between them. And when you could have Armaz midfield as well, Ethan Rafferty might want to join in there as well, seeing as he wants to go out the field. Like, oh, you find the midfield battle, especially, is going to be very intriguing in this game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, and like what you mentioned there with, with Amy and Comer, I mean, he has been quite quiet, but obviously kicked three points the, the last day. And I think when when you have him sort of, like like I think that like with Comer, like he probably doesn't have the physical legs that maybe he had. Like he's obviously a long time in the game. He's had injuries, but he's just a perfect player to have in around the square for like a drop and ball. He's a bit like a poacher, like to take a, you know, expression of, the football they play across the pond, like he's he's a bit of a poacher at times. But yeah, as you said, the midfield battle is is going to be very fascinating. Um, like in terms of Stephen Sheridan, Ben Creeley for Armagh, and then obviously Conroy and, and maybe Killian McDade for for Galway. So and and yeah, like it's going to be interesting because like both sides play quite similar at times. They you know like they kick directly. You can you you'll be look you'll be seeing Galway trying to kick directly into Walsh. You'll be seeing Armagh looking for the outlet of O'Neill. Um, like O'Neill, obviously, like he O'Neill plays almost everywhere at times. Like he drops nearly into midfield, and you see him getting defensive blocks in in, in there as well. So yeah, there's a lot of moving parts as well. Um, like Charlie Oak Burns, like what kind of influence could he have? Like he he scored three uh, three points the last day as well. Um, so just a a lot of a lot of moving parts. Like it's it's going it's going to be very fascinating. Like what you would say is like Armagh probably get more scores from like their defenders when their defenders get forward as opposed to Galway, and maybe that might be a key difference. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be very interesting, Ari. And what is another interesting aspect? Like Galway seem to kick long. They always have, to be honest with you. That's the way Galway play historically. They kick long into the forwards and they, they do the jaws. But when you look at Armagh, especially I cast my mind to the Crow Park game against Dublin. What they did was basically kick the ball into Reed O'Neill or Jason Duffy, whoever was on the end of the ball and the balls at the back of the net. It was entertaining football to watch. Do you think Armagh will have that tactic again on Sunday? And if so, how effective effective can it be? I'd, I'd say they'd have to do that, to be honest, because like I think like all we have, whilst they have been brilliant attacking-wise, like they haven't been perfect defensively either. You know, they did concede 216 against Roscommon, like out of the, the the first four sides in Division Two, they 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 conceded the most. You know, they were they had one of the worst defenses out of any of any of the promoted sides this year. So like there there is defensive vulnerabilities in there and they're not the, the finished article. And you know they did come up against the like a Mayo side that was fairly undercooked. You know, like it it was a Mayo side that were obviously coming in on the back of an absolute hammering versus Kerry. They didn't have their best players out on the pitch like Killian O'Connor had just returned um like from from injury um you know they didn't have like you know they didn't have Robbie Henley in there as well didn't have Paddy Durkin so they had a lot of missing players um so I do think there is defensive vulnerabilities in there and like if like if Armagh like I suppose the worrying point for Armagh is at times like I felt like against Donegal in the opening game in Ulster and even at times at the end of the league, like they didn't like when they back themselves and when they take risks 
and take chances and go for it and kick into O'Neill. And O'Neill, you know, they don't hold the ball. He, he, he sees the, the post, he shoots and he scores. Do you know what I mean? Like when Armagh back themselves and take risks, take opportunities, they're more than capable of, of winning this game. I nearly feel like if, you know, if they didn't do that, they'd almost be beating themselves, to be honest. It is a very interesting game. Midfield, attacking, even Ethan Rafferty coming up the field. Will he do, Will he even come yeah. up the field in this game? Like, it's it's very yeah. risky in Crow Park. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that as well. Like, I was speaking to John McMahon yesterday on his podcast, like, and I was I was saying that as well. Like, I mean, I'd he probably will, to be honest, because, like, he's he did it against Donegal, and, like, Donegal could, could work up the field. The only difference is, like, Donegal are – they. They they play that running game. They don't kick long very often, and 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 when they do kick long, it's sort of un, un, unorthodox to them. So even with you know Rafferty getting caught, they, they're not they're not very quick at moving the ball. Whereas Galway are, so there is a bit more of a risk there. And Crow Park is a bigger pitch, um, and also Ethan Rafferty, I'd imagine, hasn't played there before and 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 won't be too familiar with it. Um, so I think that'll be that'll be key as well. So. I don't know. He 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 just might do. Um, I suspect that he probably will at times, but um, it's going to be a risky game because I think the worrying, like the, the part that always makes me nervous about when when you see goalkeepers doing that is it's all all it takes is one one mistake, one little error, one fumble. Like, does the risk outweigh the success? I'm not sure it does. Maybe unless he as he, as you've seen, he has scored. He did score twice. Um, in the in the victory over Tyrone, so yeah, it's it's gonna be intriguing, all right. It definitely is. Yeah, there's a lot of intriguing aspects to this game. But who are you backing? Like, this is a huge prediction, though. Who do you think will get out on top and reach the other the semi-final? Armagh or Galway? Big prediction here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be a tough one, but I kind of fancy Armagh after extra time, to be honest. Um, I just think their bench as well could be key, especially going into extra time. Like, you look at Armagh bringing players off the bench like Connor Turba. Um, you know, he's obviously coming off Jamar Hall. He came off the bench the last day as well. Like, do Galway have that same firepower coming off the bench? Like, I'm just, I'm not too sure if they if they do, to be perfectly honest. Like, I mean, yes, you've obviously got lads like Matthew Tierney, Tom Muckelhan, like lads coming through the under, like the under-20s from a few years ago. But I just think Armagh have a little bit more, they're a little bit, a little bit more... F- physicality and condition in, in them as well um, and I could see them just having a bit more fight and sort of doggedness than, than Galway I think personally so um, I'd back Armagh after extra time but yeah I think I think it is going to be very close and as I said like Armagh need to back themselves and need to play the way that they can because if they don't then Galway will beat them yeah, totally agree with you. Like uh, even the bench, oh, you forgot about that as well. Galway, I know Tom O'Callaghan's a very good player, but he's very inexperienced coming off the bench, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see him come onto the pitch. And another aspect, Galway, the record in Crow Park isn't particularly great either. So I just think Armagh will have enough to win this game. It should be very interesting indeed. And uh, the last game is between Kerry and Mayo, live on RT two at four o'clock. Like. It's a strange one. A lot of people are writing off Mayo in this game, including myself for the last weeks, to be honest. like A lot of people are saying Kerry win this game. But let's not forget, Kerry have only played Cork and Limbrick in the last two weeks. I know Cork really put it up to them in Parky Rin, but against Limbrick especially, Kerry were well over them in that game. And Mayo, you could say a bit battle-hardened in their last two games. Yeah, I mean, all, all the like all the right sort of 
um like I can't think of the words now, but all, all the all all the right directions really point towards a Kerry win, to be honest. Because like when you've seen when you've seen how poor Mayo were against Kildare and how poor they were um against Monaghan at times as well. Like I mean, we obviously talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Like they can't play that same way they played against Kildare because like this this whole business of relying on Ushin Mullen, Lee Keegan, like to dig you out of holes time and time again. Like you know, it's it's so interesting because a lot of their defenders aren't natural defenders. Like Oshie Mullen plays for midfield with his club. Um, you know, Lee Keegan plays further up the pitch as well. Like he, you know, he was only moved back to the full back line a couple of years ago, really, sort of more so to try and combat the influence of Dublin in, in sort of 2016, 2017. So like I just don't think they can be so reliant on, on getting those defenders forward for scores because like Kerry, especially under Paddy Talley, since he's come in. There is a lot of Tyrone-ness about this Kerry side. Like Kerry fans won't want to admit it, but like you've you haven't seen it too much against Limerick and, and Cork because they've been playing, you know, much weaker opposition. But even at times in the league against Dublin, against Mayo, even in the, even in that league final was the perfect example. Like they, they're they're becoming a very very good side at like the turnover sort of in like the half back line with Gavin White and Tyg Morley. You know, their mid German O'Connor getting in there as well. Stephen O'Brien breaking up the pitch. So you could just see, you could see a world where Mayo push too many players forward, don't get the same results as they did against Kildare because they're playing a much better team defensively and then get picked off on the counter-attack. But at the same time, I just think like surely James Horan can't be as naive to play like that against his Kerry team because if he does play like that, like they'll probably get hammered, to be honest. And I just think, you know, they say lightning doesn't strike twice and Hopefully, for James Horan's sake, it doesn't because, like, surely he's not going to make that same mistake again. That's all I think. Yeah, definitely. What I was thinking as well, if both Pat Spillane's comment about Mayo after the Kildare game, they just won't win an all because they're relying on their backs. Like, I think it'd be so ironic if Mayo were the ones to knock Harry over to the championship after that comment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, like, I don't know, like, yeah, Oshie Mullen scores the the winner or something like that it would be it, it would be funny all right like and I like to be fair I don't think he's wrong like I do, I do think he makes a, a good point but at the same time like the thing is with Mayo it's like if it was any other team like if this was a, an Armagh who was playing this way or if this was a Derry or a, a Galway a Toronto a Dublin but because Mayo just have this thing within them to find a way to pull through like I thought the exact same thing against Kerry in 2017 and although Kerry were sort of coming over the hill and were very much an aging side Mayo went out that day and beat them so like they they just have this thing at times where they can produce big results out of nowhere like against Dublin last year like not many gave them a chance and we were all kind of saying the same thing and then they found a way to win that game so um yeah like I I think it will be a lot closer than people expect and I do think there'll be a chip on Mayo's shoulder a little bit and you will see Mayo give the game to Kerry and give them a game. Um, and there will be times in this game, I think, where we're a little bit sort of like, Jesus, Kerry are in a little bit of trouble here. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, honestly, as a Cork fan, I hope you're right, Aaron. I hope uh, Mayo actually put it up for them. But um, yeah. we'll have to see. But uh, even looking at the defense, the stats for Mayo, the scoring stats, their top scorers for play is Owen McLaughlin with four points and Lee Keegan with four points. That tells you all you really know, really, that uh, their defenders have um, a lot of scores in them. But 
when you look at Kerry, I, I'm not sure Kittis Velasco won three. Paul Gaines been brilliant over the last few games with six points. Tony Brosnan with four. Sean O'Shea with six points from play. But no disrespect to Cork at that time who were trying to rebuild under John Cleary and Limerick did that monster find ultimately. Did Kerry learn a lot from those games, in your opinion? I know they, they trashed Mayo in the league final as well, but even look at the Limerick game where they hammered them one twenty-eight to eight points. They didn't really learn much, did they? No, they definitely didn't. Like, I mean, it was just very, very convincing, really. Like the Limerick game was over after about 20, 25 minutes. Although you could although Cork were putting up a fight to Kerry for you know 30, 40 minutes or so, we always felt like Kerry were always in control of the game and they're always in front and they never ever looked like losing the game, really. Like, let's be honest. So um, yeah, like they wouldn't have learned too much. And you know, Mayo have been through the, the hill, they've been through two tough games, they've come through two tests. They've learned a lot in those games. Um, I think James Horan should start, certainly start putting more players like, you know, Fergal Boland in the team or Darren McHale because, like, those forwards have done quite well coming off the bench, I felt, in, in the last couple of games. Um, so, yeah, like, I, but I think for, for, for Kerry, like, I think, yeah, this is really... Because when I was speaking with John yesterday as well, I was saying, like, if Kerry lose this game, their last big championship win will have been against Tyrone in 2019. And I just think, like, all, you're going into 2023 then, like, all of a sudden, like, the years are ticking. And I know David Clifford's very young and, you know, it'd be a, he, he'd, he'd go down as the greatest footballer of all time to never win an All-Ireland if it happened. But, like, the years keep tick by and all of a sudden, before you know it, like, you know, 2014 was the last time they won. All of a sudden... Becomes 9, 10, 12, 15 years without an All-Ireland, a bit like what we've seen with Dublin when it took them 16 years. Um, and they had great players in the 2000s and just couldn't deliver against big teams. You know, could Kerry be be something similar? So, um, yeah, I think it's like, you've, I've seen David Clifford, Sean O'Shea turn up enough times against your Tyrones and, and all, even last year. But I think it's important for, you know, your, your Paddy Clifford, Tony Brosnan, Stephen O'Brien to deliver because... You know, Kerry will need more than just Clifford and O'Shea, like in terms of their forwards, if they aren't going to win the All-Ireland. I was seeing uh, an article there from Mark O'Shea. I think it was from the Independent or something. It was after Derry won the Ulster title. He was saying that Dublin and Derry are ahead of Kerry. Kerry are tour favourites for the All-Ireland, which to, in most people's opinions, and in my opinion, I thought it was absolute tosh he was talking about. Do you think this is kind of a... St- a strategic plan for these uh, Kerry greats trying to, you know, up the opposition so there won't be much focus on their players. Yeah, it probably is. To be honest, there probably is a bit of um, a bit of wheel turning there, or a bit of propaganda maybe sent out, sent out there because, you know, they, they I suppose they don't want to have egg on their face if it all goes wrong. Do you know, like if Kerry get turned over by Mayo, like people, like I think everyone was referencing that. Um, article where Pat Spillane was talking about Kerry winning the All-Ireland when Tyrone won or something like that this Kerry team are miles better than Tyrone and everyone was sharing it around like you just I suppose a lot of people are probably afraid of being that person to be honest you know I think maybe that's that's probably why they're they're, they're feeling that way um like yeah I, I, I definitely don't think you can have them as the as the third best in the country I think they have to be number one at the minute because I mean they have like they haven't lost a game this year, you know. They did like they drew with Kildare, they won every other league game. Um, or well, sorry, actually, they lost against Tyrone in the league now that I remember it. But you know, all all the big games they've won, they beat Mayo in the league, they beat um Dublin in the league. Like 
So I think they think they have to be considered number one at the minute. They have to be, and uh, even going into the game, I've a contact from some Kerry people that say uh, there's injury problems with the camp. David Clifford might not be the fittest for this game, and Jack O'Connor said this morning that he is fit for the game. So right, yeah. I, do, I, I don't know, is there just a bit of um, uh, fairness from Kerry trying to play us a bit? I'm not entirely sure, but um, yeah, like, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, obviously Clifford was injured for the game against Limerick, but that was four weeks ago. So, like, I mean, it'd want to be a big injury. Like, I feel like we would have heard about it, to be honest. And then again, like, what other what other players are, are going to be missing in there? Because, like, the thing is about Kerry is that, you know, like, even if you have a Tony Brosnan injured, let's say, well, then you have Paul Ganey to slot in. And let's say Stephen O'Brien's injured, but then Michal, Michal Burns can slot in. So, like, Kerry have a lot of adequate replacements like serious serious veterans who can come in there whereas mayo they're relying like if w- once you take ryan o'donoghue out it's like a, an under 20 footballer from the last couple of seasons who came in who comes in to the team so it's a little bit different in my opinion like i think kerry have got much bigger depth um in their panel but yeah but like if, you know we, we see this all the time i'm sure there might be some mind games and you know you might hear that ryan o'donoghue's injured for this game and then all of a sudden he'll start or Something like that. I mean, I don't know how many times down the years I've seen these things where, oh, this player is injured or that player is injured. And then, lo and behold, there they are in the in the starting 15 as a late change. So, um, yeah, it's going to be... I mean, usually Mayo release their team news early. So, you know, I'll be interested to see if they do it this time because normally Kerry don't really. So They haven't done so in the last few weeks. That's the most interesting thing about Mayo, Dave. Normally, like in the league, they release this. I'd say even yeah. the before the weekend, or, or, or let's be fair, probably a Wednesday. But recently, they've released it on Friday night, Saturday morning, maybe even no Sunday morning this week, just to keep the suspense there. I'm not like it's it's a very yeah. instant game where it's going to be wine games galore. And look, I'm thinking about this. I know Bale's defenders have performed pretty well scoring wise. The thing is with carry forwards, they're absolutely brilliant scoring. Like Kitten Spillane, Sean O'Shea, David Clifford. My issue with them. Are they willing to track back? You know, if Lee Keegan goes forward, if O'Shea Mullen goes forward, if Owen McLaughlin goes forward, are the Kerry players willing to work for the team then? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the big point, isn't it? I mean, that 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 is the the, the big question. I think that's probably where the game is going to be won and lost. Um, and like when you to be fair though to Kerry, like what I have seen from them this year is that their forwards have been much better tackling wise. And again, you can see with the defensive sort of structures that have been put into their team this year because of obviously what's happened in, in previous years. They've obviously looked at that Tyrone game and seen where they've lost. So I, I personally, I would. I could see those lads tracking back, like your Cliffords, your your Ganeys, all the rest. I could see them tracking back. But at the same time, again, they, you know, they might track back a little bit, but they might also, leave, you know, like they might leave a few men up there because like if Mayo aren't at the races like what they were against Kildare and let's say they start playing poor passes or are slow in possession and not really doing that and all it takes is a couple of quick passes and you know the Clifford goal versus O'Hara is the perfect example of that Mayo are messing around ball get works up to Clifford he's 1v1 with O'Hara turns him inside and out and if 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 those if Kerry if you know if those situations happen again like it's just I just don't see how Mayo can win the game Interesting point you actually mentioned there with uh, O'Hora and Clifford. I was going to ask you about this next. Like, mm. know that O'Hora has been on Clifford 
it was pretty bad in the league final. Clifford scored a load off him. Do you think Oshie Mullen or somebody like that in the Mayo team will actually be put on Clifford if he plays, of course, if the Kerry fans are lying to their teeth? But um, do, you, do you think Oshie Mullen or any other defender for Mayo or even Lee Keegan, who's done well marking uh, players in the past as well, could go and do a better job on Clifford? Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a hard hard one to know really because like I don't like I think Oshin Mullins a very very good footballer like I, th- I think around midfield he's very good and I think attacking wise he's very good like I, I'm nearly surprised he doesn't play as a wing forward at times because I think he's very good up there but I've always said and I've said this in previous videos like I don't think he's the best defender to be honest like he marked Conor Callahan in the in the All Ireland final and. In 2020, Con done very well, one man at a match. Um, was picking up Cahill McShane when he came off the bench in 2021. He ends up getting a goal, changes the game. So, personally, I wouldn't put Mullen on him. Um, like O'Hara hasn't started the last two games, so I don't think like it's a big ask for him to come back in. He actually made a big difference when he came on. To be fair to him, and I actually do think, like physically, you know, like he's he's quite strong against against Clifford. So I don't think he'd be the worst. Like, I can see why Horan put him on Clifford. I, like, and even you could put Keegan on Clifford, but I think the main thing really is just not leaving yourself so exposed. I think that's the main thing, really. I think regardless of who goes on Clifford, because I don't think the problem really was O'Hara being on Clifford. I think it was more so the fact that they left themselves so exposed. Like, they left it 1v1. Like, they can't leave themselves in, in that situation again. Like, they have to at least have... At least they, need, they have to at least be in a position where... If Clifford goes around O'Hara, he's doing it for a point, or there's other men there that can cover. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be very, very fascinating. I'd love to see the Keegan and Clifford matchup. I, I think Keegan would do the best job on him, but at the same time, that takes away Keegan's influence further up the pitch. But then again, could that be a master stroke? And then maybe you're pushing Keegan further up the pitch, and he's dra- he's dragging Clifford with him. So, yeah, no, it's it's going to be very fascinating. Should be very fascinating, indeed. Very interesting battles there, and uh, it'll be interesting to see actually if Mayo self defensively they don't usually do that. I'm not sure they no, will now on yeah. Sunday, not at all. But um, yeah, it should be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, you're predicting, I'm assuming you're predicting a carry win now, but um, by how much do you think uh, it'll be a tighter game, or do you think it'll be a whitewash like the league final? I don't think it'll be a whitewash like the league final. I'd say five points, I'd say, is what I'd go for. Um, I do think Mayo will play a lot better. I think this could be one of their best performances of the year so far. And I think it might be a scenario of too little, too late. Like, we've we've played very well here, but, you know, it's it, unfortunately, it's just not enough. Maybe if we played a bit more like this and built a bit more momentum in the last couple of games, we could have had some, um, we could have had some momentum. And as you said, like, Mayo... They aren't a defensive side, like it's never really been in their DNA. And you know, you can't like you can't just switch up and, and be defensive for this game and mirror what's what Kerry do, let's say, for example, because you can't learn a system like that in two weeks. Like it's just impossible. And they just don't have the defenders anyway, because most of the defenders are midfielders and forwards. So um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I think for Mayo, like I think if they can just like have that balance and like at the same time, like I suppose for Mayo and for like if I was James Hoare and I'd be telling the Mayo players like 2017, 2016, you know, when you pull it up to the dubs, obviously not all them players are there, but um, but yeah, 
yeah, it's it's gonna be very interesting. But I probably just I just think Kerry will have a bit more and, and win it by five. Yeah, I'm gonna go Kerry as well. I'm gonna go a bit less because they will have something in them surely this game. I think it'll be about three points. But I was listening to your podcast or something. I think um there was a tweet by yourself, like wouldn't it be Mayo esque to beat Kerry, to then beat Dublin and then to lose to Clare in the final? Like yeah, you yeah. know, it's Mayo all over. Yeah, no, you could you could you could envisage a world where that happens. It nearly set it nearly sounds like you know written in some ways because that's that's just how it's gone. Like, I mean, and it like even like even I was even thinking as well, if there were to beat Kerry, beat Dublin, and then lose to Galway in the final, like it just you know, like I mean, there's a lot of permutations in there. Like, even if Mayo do come through Kerry in Dublin, they're gonna be like the off oh, like I you, you, as a Mayo fan, you'd be excited for an All Ireland final, but Jesus, like you'd be, you'd be up to your eyeballs, like going into that final if it was against Galway or Clare or even Armagh or Derry, because you know Mayo are going to probably be the favourite. So, um, yeah, it probably would be the most Mayo thing ever. It would be, uh, like it'd be Mayo all over, and uh, their fans would be uh, crying in the seats again, uh, and All Ireland final day. Um, um, thank you for joining on the podcast, Aaron. And uh, hopefully, we'll have a good good battle on Saturday evening, Cork Dublin, huge battle. And hopefully, you'll enjoy the three other games. Should be a very exciting weekend. Yeah, look, hopefully, it is competitive for for both our sakes. We're obviously both going to be at the game, so you know we don't want to see a, a whitewash in a game that's finished at halftime. We want to see a competitive game. So hopefully, it's exactly that. And um, yeah, no cheers, Matthew, for for having me on as always. Massive thank you to Aaron for coming on to the podcast to preview the quarterfinals and thank you for listening. Thank you to Fortune Favors for sponsoring and until the next time, I'll see you then and take care.